And we're live, Off-Road Garage Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. With me as always, Jim. Good evening. What's going on? Today, do a little Axle Tech talk. With the professor, Von Tantois. You Sure. Sure. <laughs> Something like that. Because one tons are cool. One tons are cool. I'm Not just for soup anymore. Not just for soup. For everything, <laughs> apparently. I don't know. What, what aren't they putting one tons under? But it seems to be a new hot trend. But sure. I guess the key question, the hot topic, do you really need them? <laughs> yes, no, maybe so. So, I, th- I mean, that's, that can depend on your style, your terrain type, your general mission. Yeah, because there's definitely the pros and cons. For sure. I've learned the cons after I thought I knew all the pros. Right, because you grenaded at 30. <laughs> Bad. Uh, winter wheeling. Awesomeness. And you're like, well, I'm going right to 60s. I need tons. Yeah, because... Everyone else is doing it. Right. Your tons on 37 just makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially for his But what really, what really worked out, to be honest, is I came across the axles okay. for an awesome deal. And I already had the tires from a previous project that never blossomed into right. anything good. So I had 37-inch swampers in a garage sitting next to... Uh, 2004 Ford Super Duty, uh, Dana 60, confirmed Dana 60. You gotta be careful with that. And a uh, 10 and uh, 10 and a half rear. Okay, with, so you already uh, had it. Limits low. Yeah, so it was good to go. And what's the other? What's the problem with the confirmation? What they been doing Dana 50? Yeah, so year? the earlier years, there is they had they ran majority of them are Dana 50. Okay, so I believe the ring gear smaller. Um, you can tell pretty easily on the housing. Okay. Uh, there's some noticeable differences. If you're not sure, I highly recommend Googling it. It will come right up. Pretty easy identifier. Um, but I believe, uh, I could be wrong, don't quote me, but like 03, 04, they started using uh, or transitioning to the Dana 60. Just a straight 60, no other mishmash of parts. Right, yeah. Because it was a 50 center section with eight lug outer still. Yeah, there, there's a lot of similarities, I believe. But, uh, yeah, I believe the, the ring gear and I believe the axle shafts are a little smaller, too. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what the point of that was. Uh, they were just, you know, save money, save... Yeah, two ounces of something. steel per truck is a lot of money if you make a million Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, t- to be honest, I, it, I mean, how heavy is an F-350... Super Duty. I mean, it's a big truck rated to carry a lot of weight. Right. I would still imagine a Dana 50 even would be sufficient for most. I mean, it's, it's definitely stronger than a 30. Yeah. yeah. So you're definitely headed in the right direction, but I think aftermarket support is a struggle there. And I believe, I mean, it, obviously, you just you always want the 60. But it I think you see that with any axle. I mean, when you switch from low pin to high pin in 30s. There's less support, or different 44s that came out in different years of vehicles. It's yeah, hard to find support for them. Yeah, and well, and that's then that's the benefit too. Obviously, the the Super Duty 60 is it's a high opinion. So the I'm not an axle like guru by any means, but I know like the the side, the gear, the pinion turns on the gear. You know, it's the drive side, it's the correct side, not, the deeper side. Yeah. Yeah. So, so better, more better mesh. Yeah, more more mesh, more strength. I used the right word even. I sounded good. Yeah. Hopefully we sound good. I yeah, prefer right. it now. We're better mesh. Plus, I think you get better driveline angles. When the yes, yeah, it moves it moves that drive shaft up, gets yeah, it out of the way. rocks and you get smashed. Right. Yeah. Um, but confirming so, it, you got to know how to look at the housing. Because yep. there's certain years, if you put them in Jeeps, you've got to work cutting out wedges off of them. And cutting well, them so, right. af- so after you identify the axle housing on the Ford Super Duty's ax- axles anyway, I believe, and I'm not, I'm not 100% on all kits, but I believe the barns, don't get me wrong, don't quote me, you know, do your, do your research, 100%. If this is the direction you're headed, do your research. But barns and Artec, you have to cut about two inches of cast material off the housing right. to give you enough uh, tube to actually weld the bracket to. And those are two of the probably the most popular kits, most widely yeah. used kits out there for yes. swaps. Yeah, at the time I did mine, I don't think Barnes had anything. Okay, so you run Arctic trusses. So I, I did do the Arctic, um, and it went on super smooth, super super nice. I right. no complaints. Looks good. Um, everything locked together as it should, right. and yeah, like I said, I, I've had no issues. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of differences in opinion on welding, how to, how not to. I, I would, you know what, I say just read the directions and do as they recommend. Right. That's the best bet. I, you know, I think we you could do almost a whole segment alone in just welding tech and I'm not I'm not a I'm not a professional welder so I'm not gonna there's talk about getting the cast up to the right heat you know all yes that kind of stuff yeah and that, that's what I'm referring to yeah, yeah there's like the, oh you got to get it to 400 degrees and then you weld it and then you know then you wrap it in a blanket and let it cool overnight yeah. and I've heard some guys are like oh no that's complete BS just weld it and right. then others you know so it, it's back and forth and I don't I'm not <laughs> I don't get paid to weld every day. Right. I'm not going to pretend that I am. So read the directions, talk to a, or honestly, if you're unfamiliar with it, you know, I, I would just spend the money, have someone weld it right. and know it's good Take and not, not warp your axle tube or, or do something that it's going to, that's an expensive learning experience. Right. So I would do it the, the most right way that you can. The most right way. <laughs> <laughs> no eyeballing stuff, right? Right. Eyeball engineering only gets you so far. So you've got tons in the ZJ, mm-hmm. 37s, 4 yeah. liter. Yeah, um, 538 gears, okay. uh, locker front, and uh, I left the rear 10.5. I did, I just, I left the factory limited slip. Did you do anything special? I know there's like some additives you can do to make it lock up better. Uh, I, you know, they, there's like the, the slip additive that you add to any limited slip. Right. And you can play with that a little bit to get it to grab a little bit more, I found. Okay. Um, so to me right now, it's the perfect amount of off-road traction and still treatable, and hopefully I'm not eating up out of limited slip clutches. Plus going to the 37s aired down, the Swampers air down pretty well. Yeah. You get a good amount of bite. They're a heavy tire. That's right. the only... Downside. And you have steels too, right? Steel rims. Yeah, I use the factory Ford steel wheels. So you got a lot of weight there. A lot of a lot of weight there, wheels. but it was the perfect amount of offset. Because I didn't want, I didn't want the wheels and tires like sticking out crazy. Right. And I wanted it to look somewhat normal, and really, it doesn't. To me, it doesn't stick out as you know any more than the thirty fives I had right. in the factory with axles. Which were, I mean, my fa- well, the axles I had in it were a the, the high pinion thirty, which I grenaded, but that was all architect and uh, it was like sleeved and everything. Yeah, so you grenaded the guts, not the. I grenaded the, the guts on that. Yeah, that the axle housing itself was it was was fine. Yeah, I ended up uh, selling that, recouping some mm-hmm. of my one ton swap money, and then the rear I was running an eight eight Ford okay. with locker. What kind of locker was in that? Uh, lunchbox. Okay. I think it was. I want to. Was it Lockwright? Maybe? Lockwright or yeah. Aussie, something. That's yeah, something. Sort of automatic inside the carrier. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, something pretty simple. So I went a similar direction, like with the Tej Chups. Uh, got an eight eight rear. Dana thirty front. Thirty front is pretty built for a thirty. I mean, it's got ARB yeah. in it. Warm lockouts. Uh, it's Which I really was impressed with lockouts. Yeah. Super cool, right? I mean, yeah. for a 30. Yeah. Being able to lock it out and uh, drive without any of that extra stuff spinning in the front. Yeah. Level. Or if you break a U-joint, you yeah. can shut it off and drive, limp off the trail. You know, it's pretty great. Um, ARB, 410 gears, chrome modes in the front. Right. Um, the only thing in the front would need, I think, for being a better 30 would be their high pinion and a truss. Or just trust yeah. what I've got. I was actually, I think I talked about earlier. When you were cutting the grass, yeah, was yeah. Just, yeah, I did not even like it. I'm like, oh, that is a low pinion. Yeah. Holds up well. It's held up well to 99. I mean, yeah. that's actually the second axle. I got this axle from a guy in uh, back in the day on the Jeep Forum in mm-hmm. Michigan and just swapped it out. It was already built. I just threw yeah. it in. Right. The rear is an 8.8 that I helped, Sean helped me put together, you know, back in the day. Right. Uh, 410 gears, and it's got a spool in it. It's got a mini spool in it. Right, which, which is awesome. It's awesome. It has its moments. Yeah. We, we talked about that on, on, the, on yeah. the building up. Yeah, the building was, up. It has its moments. I like the fact I don't have to worry about it, and it's predictable. Yes. Um, yeah, it's always there. You know, or you got, you know, there's guys talk about when they're driving, like, a Detroit or yeah. uh, a, not a selectable, a personal, what do you call this, Detroit. It engages yeah. by itself, right? The automatic locker. Automatic yeah. locker. Yeah. Where you let off the gas at the wrong time, and the, the thing will jump, or you get on the gas at the wrong time, and yeah. it'll jump. Well, if, especially if it's in the, the front axle, yeah. and it's locked, because I had my Dana 30, and my last one was 
automatic locker and you know you're like going into a parking spot especially like a jeep event you know right. and it just makes all sorts of racket and yep. everyone just looks at you like what did you just break right and it just makes horrible popping sounds and so the spool is very predictable it tracks very well but it does have the downfall of like you can't parallel park you can't when you park it everywhere you park it's chirping tires right you know parking an inside tire you um, just you know, look I, like an angry 16-year-old high school kid. Just I went to Bush's every day to get something. You know, the grocery store in town, Bush's. And yeah. I was trying to get something. I parked in the parking spot, and I was backing out. You know, burp, 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 burp. And everybody's like, right. I'm doing something stupid. I'm like, no, this is how it is. Yeah. You know, I've had people come to me and say, hey, your, your car's broken. What do you mean? My Jeep's broken. They're like, oh, your one tire sits funny. Yeah, because when you turn, it sucks the sidewall up under yeah. it, and it sits on an angle. Right. You know, it's just part of, like, the spool life. Yeah. But it's been maintenance-free. Yeah. Um, just change the, the gear oil in it. It works well. It's predictable. <laughs> Not to mention, well, I mean, it does have a, a little downside of a little added tire wear. Mm-hmm. A little added <laughs> tire wear. The, well, the TJ's on a daily driver. It doesn't really yes. affect that, you know, that part of the life too much. Yeah. So the JK actually just finished up with a, a gear swap in it. Yeah. So I want to talk about that because that was, that was kind of a, I guess, hopefully a game changer, right? I mean... Noticeable, definitely yes, pivotal, no. definitely pivotal moment in the in the build of the JK is my it's my daily. Now, I mean, I went from the thirty fives to the thirty sevens. There was definitely a, a decrease in power, Absolutely. a noticeable decrease. You were still factory gear. Yeah, right? I believe it, I believe it was three seventy three at mm-hmm. the time. It was factory okay. rear forty four. Um, I'm ninety percent sure it was three seventy threes. I may I don't think I had four ten. Okay. Um, it was all factory. I didn't have the Rubicon, so it was whatever comes factory to sport. Okay. Um, I never even really looked into it because I knew I was changing them. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unfortunately, you, you swapped out your front axle, right? You're at the Terraflex 44. Right. right? So I've got the Hobby Duty Terraflex 44 front housing. Okay. But I had it factory geared still because I drove right. it for three years as right. it was. Um, what made I, you go to the, the 44 housing? I bent my 30. You bent your 30. How did yeah. you bend your 30? All the JKs are notoriously for bending. Okay. I, I think I hit potholes i drive dirt roads every day okay yeah so just from where so really just a pothole was enough to bend the third yeah okay either the pothole or the stump i hit but i mean yeah one of those two i'd probably go with it. yeah Definitely um, a pothole. so the the 44 <laughs> was a great upgrade for me you know it comes yeah. built in with built-in caster for a lift and all that kind of good stuff yeah. so it's really great um but i was running them open for a long time for about three years right finally got around because it's it's a significant investment to build axles yeah. I mean, even if you already have the axle itself. Yeah. I did, my entire bill was almost 4000 Yeah. And that's for... It goes back to doing your homework and yep. really trying to figure out what you intend to do with it. Right. So I did four, front 44 and a rear 44 in the JK. Um, not counting the housing. Just the gears and lockers I just put in it was almost four grand. Yeah. So that's something to consider. If it's you're on a budget, like I did a, a front zip locker from Yukon. Okay. Which is their air locker, like an oh. ARB style. Um, switch on demand when you want it. But also means you have to run the added cost of the air compressor. Yeah. And depending on what shop's doing it, make sure the, co- the shop is competent to drill into your housing mm-hmm. to put an airline fitting into it. Right. And they put the airline fitting in a proper spot that the gears aren't going to chew it up. And there's a bunch of stuff to consider with an air locker yeah. in the front. However, when the wife needs to drive it, it has great manners still. It's you shut it off, make sure you leave it off, and it, you know it is what it is. It's I don't know, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, the rear, I did their Grizzly Locker, which is similar to a Detroit. Right, it's so automatic is, style. Yeah, clicks in. Yeah. Um, it took a little bit to get used to for me just hearing the clicks. I'm like, yes. I always see something's breaking. Yes. You yeah. Tick, that, tick, the, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. What, was, it, what is that, you know? And I feel like the rears aren't as bad sounding as the front. Well, probably because you're not doing the same angles. This is severe angle. Yes, right. Yeah, you know, but you still a hear lot, a lot of tire rotational speed difference. Yeah, and yeah, inside outside Especially plus the slow angle parking. Yeah, so you hear it mostly parking or starting and stopping in town. Right. You know, where it's you know 25 mile an hour speed zones, and you you can hear it like echoing off the buildings in town. Yeah. Um, I live in a small town, so you know it's two lanes and a sidewalk, and yeah. you can hear it bouncing off the buildings. Yeah. But having something that's automatic. It's great when you're on a trail because it's one less thing to worry about. Like, right. I just put it in four-wheel drive and I can go. Right. I'm locked. Yeah. You know, but being able to, I like being able to shut the front off. So if I have to make a sharp turn, I'm not doing like a pro rock yeah. style dig, you know, with the front <laughs> tires chewing. I can shut right. it off. I can make the turn. Yeah. Life is good. Yeah. That was one thing I noticed. Uh, and that's what was one of the decisions. Uh, I, 
I went with to keep the limited slip and the rear is when I had the front and rear locked on the 3088 uh, combo. Um, I felt like this turning sucked because I had an automatic front. I didn't have lockout hubs. Yeah, lockout so, hubs would be a game changer. You know, that it, it just didn't. Well, not that a Grand Cherokee turns that great anyway. Right. It's kind of like a school bus, but, you know, I felt like it, it definitely pushed more in the right. soft terrain than it wanted to turn. Right. So I felt that um, a couple times. So I actually flat-toed the TJ mm-hmm. with a long bed four-door F-150 Yeah. in the snow. Awesome. That's when I realized that there's some sketchiness going on. Because I yes. was flat-toeing it, you know, so all for the people that know, all four tires of the TJ are on the ground. Yeah. I'm just connected to the truck via tow bar. So I picked up my then girlfriend, now wife, at her house. I'm like, let's go snow wheeling. She's like, okay, whatever. I make the right hand turn to go from the service drive to the freeway, and the truck turns just fine. And the TJ goes, no, dude, we're, we're going straight. Right. Because I, I decide where the we go. The spool <laughs> is pushing us straight still. Yeah. Because it won't turn it inside wheel. Right. Um, so there's some stuff to consider. If you're going to flat tow, I'd recommend probably going to either an automatic that unlocks or a selectable either yeah. an ox locker a or b a zip locker whatever your choice that you decide after doing all your research is yeah um and then because flat tone with a spool can be sketchy um, yes you know actually the last time i flat towed it i had a short box dodge okay. and i turned into my driveway and the truck the tj crashed into the rear end of the, the truck and jackknifed me oh really the spool it's said no right. we're going straight yeah and the front tires wow. of the dodge hit just enough snow yeah. To stop the truck momentum, right. caught yeah. the rear corner, crushed the corner in. Right. That was the last time I flat towed. I mean, yeah. I didn't think about that. You know how much the spool would affect flat tow. Yeah. You know that's huge. I mean, I guess if you're if you're flat towing behind an RV or something more substantial, yeah. maybe not an issue. But and it was definitely more pronounced consider. behind the standard cab short box Dodge. Right. You I know, don't recommend it. On 33s, I mean, with the Dodge, it had a 360 and a big motor. Right. Towing fine. Yeah. yeah. Straight line. A, a lot of people, you know, when they go to towing thing, that, that's another episode altogether because I've seen some sketchy stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of, you know, like if it fits in or especially in but or on the trailer, you know, I question whether or not I should be towing with it. Right. I mean, obviously there's exceptions to every rule. Every rule, right. So, but for me, like the idea of tons is great because you get that certain level of bulletproof. Yeah. Especially if you're running a slower horsepower, like I mean the four liter. Is it known to be a fire breather? The three Not in a Grand Cherokee, or even I my TJ. If any, well, I'm telling you though, drive having driven both, that they must like they any. I don't especially in a ZJ. I don't any. Not that many people drive those anymore anyway. But they neutered the four liter. Like so? they like they really like you didn't pay for that optional V8 so. You get you the, get punished. Yes, like we're gonna take a four liter, we're gonna dial it down. Yeah, three point four. We're gonna give it asthma. So <laughs> like, uh, it's I don't know why I I would have thought I went from thirty fives and four fifty six gears. And I'm like, all right, it's okay. Right. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to thirty sevens and five thirty eight gears. Should I should even, be right. a little peppier. No, and I. It's probably a mix of the tires because, like I said, those big old TSLs and they're not light. Well, plus you added what seven, eight hundred pounds of axle. It feels like it. I Definitely mean, dragging a boat anchor, right? And that's something to consider too. When you add those big axles, especially if you start trussing them and adding things to them, mm-hmm. that's a substantial amount of weight. So for me, which I like because it, it gives me a little more down low weight, right? For a, I have to. I mean, obviously, mine's lifted pretty high to not eat the tires as much in right. the fender. You know, get a little more clearance. But so, but like for me, like the idea of going to one tons is great because I know with a four liter, especially if I stay on thirty sevens, mm-hmm. you know, with a responsible amount of yeah. gear in the in the gear, so five thirteens for what I would need yeah. probably for the TJ three speed, yeah, um, and a responsible, you know, not a four to one low. I'm at a Two seven two to one for my final yeah, drive. Yeah, factory non Rubicon. Yeah, yeah, same. It'd be hard to really break sixties on yeah. that drivetrain, unless I'm doing craziness. You know. Yeah, and anything's possible. Yeah. And eight, eight nine trails. You know, Moab style eight nines are a lot of the stuff we talked about, like with Paul and Aaron last last episode. The like the Windrock Tennessee type yeah. stuff. When you're in that snotty mud and you got all four tires just spinning until they catch traction. Yeah. And that shock load hits. 
that's when 60s are like worth their weight. Yeah, yeah, they'll take obviously a lot more abuse, and it's to me, I've always thought of it, you know what I mean, as like the the tire rating size, right? You know, like a 44 is what about 37 max is about as big as you want to go safely. Right. I've seen people do 40s and 42s, and of course, there's exceptions to every rule, Mm -hmm. and there's always the guy who runs like the. Uh, you know, I've been running the 400 small block and the 44-inch groundhogs on my mud truck and, yeah. you know, factory... 10-bolt rear. Yeah, 10-bolt yeah. front rear of my square body. Yeah. Uh, there's exceptions to every rule. I don't know how he gets away with it. Magic. I right. don't know. And you a know, lot of it, so much of it comes down to driving style. Absolutely. And line selection and terrain selection. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I could go put a, a 700 cubic inch small block in my TJ yeah. and run the Dana 30 front. Right. If I was on 33s and I stayed in cement. Yeah. You know, my, my whole thing was just make it sound well, good, driving town. And I, who, if that's your thing. You could dude. go to your local sand dunes and yeah. find the 1,100 horse sand dragster, and he's going to have probably a Dana 30 front. Yeah. Why? Because it's light and yeah. it barely touches the ground. His job is to hold <laughs> the wheel straight. Yeah. <laughs> Give suggestions as to direction. Yeah. And I mean, I, I was looking at some CJs and I was out Silver Lake. If, they, if anybody follows us on Instagram, they saw some of the drags out there. Yeah. Those guys don't run tons. You know, well, the guy that was running tons uh, had a beautiful, beautiful JL. Yes. On tons and supercharged and gorgeous truck. Well, he, he was having an issue running with everybody else because he got all the extra. It was a four door JK compared to a five yeah. sand buggy, but still, you could see there was a definite weight disadvantage there. Yeah. You know, tons and 40s versus paddles and Dana right. 30s. Yes. Yeah, it's it's noticeably different. Mm-hmm. You know, it drives different and handles different. It, and in all the breakage I see at Silver Lake and the sand dunes, which if nobody knows, it's not that's listening. It's our Silver Lake State Park is a two hundred square, two hundred acre ish reserve in Michigan of sand dunes, which is yeah. like a nice sandy beach with big hills we can climb. Um, there's puddles. There's a little drag strip. So it's our it's, sandbox. Yeah, it's not as big as like Pismo or Glamis. Not at all. But for it's what we have, and it's awesome for us. You know, for a yeah. weekend. Um, that whole area, the, the the town is wonderful. Mirrors is great. Just, yeah. Yes, there's just a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, so um, I go there, you know, try to go once a year. Yeah, you know, but you can see all the breakage I see out there. You rarely see it like a grenade of thirty because of traction. Yeah, no, in the sand it's different because yeah. it's a like a consistent load. Yep. You know, but typically yeah, you just sink rocks. You get that that bind, that nasty bind, mm-hmm. or something jams up, or even mud. Yeah. You know, you mud, can, snow, the, the consistent changing. The snow, the sn- everyone warned me about the snow too. I had like two or three people are like, "Oh man, be careful!" You know, the the thirty and the sun. I was like, "Oh, I haven't." You know, I had been to Drummond Island, which, to those who don't know, is a pretty rocky terrain in Michigan. It's you know, it's pretty good as far as trail difficulty goes for Michigan. And I was like, hey, "It was fine, no issues at all." You know what? What could be wrong? And I think it was just a combination of I was I was backing up, so I'm again right. So now the the high pinion thirty is now on the weak side of the gear, right. if you will, uh, and the back end lost traction, and the front end had all the traction. And so that load. all that load and the heavy Grand Cherokee and everything else, it just it shock loaded that that gear set and uh, it. Uh, Clearanced a couple teeth and made for a fun time getting off the trail. Right. Because there were still several ice hills to climb when two-wheel drive, which was an interesting story together being... That'll be a whole, that's a whole topic right there. But yes. we do, maybe episode eight can be snow wheeling. Talk yes. about all the well, times. We'll wait, maybe we'll wait till we're actually snow wheeling. We'll do it live. Okay. <laughs> live, so, climbing ice hills. Let's get back the, to the topic. Because we, we want yes. here. So, Axletech. Yes. So, you get... Some of the questions that I see pop up a lot are, should I one-ton? Do I need one-tons? Um, you, or you see the guys that have had the Jeep for a year, eight months, mm-hmm. and they want to throw tons under it. Right. So, my argument for everything... And this is for everything. I don't care if you're a Well, you wield a ton. You wield a lot, mm-hmm. and you don't have one-tons. You no. survived. So, but my argument is, like, know your... Know your rig, know your plans before you start adding. So if you go buy a brand new, a used TJ tomorrow, yeah, and it's on 30s, take it out, play with it, right? See, okay, I've only got eight inches of ground clearance under the pig, 
I need to get bigger tires. I know that now. Yeah. Don't go out and get a TJ unless you've got some experience and go throw 40s on it because you got to have 40s because that's what Joe has. Yeah. Or that's what Mike has or you know, whatever your buddies are. Right. Um, I I would love to have my TJ with a 6 liter and of course Dana's 60s or those yeah. cool spider 9 inch dealies. Well, yeah. You know, something awesome but Honestly, my 8, 8, and 30. I'm going to do 14 bolts front and rear. Right, which I've seen is awesome. That's amazing. If you're rock bouncing it with 1,000 horsepower and you don't plan on ever lifting. Right, but my Tej on Dana 30, 8, 8 rear, it's held up very well for me for what I do. Yeah. Um, I haven't, if I start breaking parts and I keep, you know, oh, wow, I better go buy more U-joints because Jason and I are going wheeling today. (laughs) You know, then, okay, maybe it's time to upgrade. But then do I need to go to 60s or can I go to a 44 and save myself a grand? Um, Yeah. A lot of and it comes down to... I've heard that question a lot, too. Yeah. Like, do I spend that money in a 44 when I can just do a 60? Mm-hmm. And I've had that that argument uh, with the CJ I have. I've got Wagoneer 44s front and rear. Right. And I was I was planning to push it, push the limits and run 40s on it. And I, I've been gone back and forth on the on the issue. Because I plan to stay... three times. Yeah. I know. I've planned to stay super light with it. So there shouldn't be, but you know, if I listen to the internet, you know, anything more less than a sixty just immediately shatters. Yeah, if you roll on installation of a forty-inch tire. But then watching, like we were out west on Moab, and I mean that's, I guess I hate to keep going back to the same stories, but but it's a good proving ground, right? Especially for talking about big tires, aired down, odd angles, great traction. Yeah. So uh, when Pat. Uh, Gerber, Gerber yeah. from yeah. Uh, direct off road. Yeah, grenaded his drive shaft hookup daily. His, uh, his well, when he broke, yeah. I thought I was like, well, it's got to be got to be the forty four, yeah. right? Because the internet says that forties on the forty four ain't never gonna work. Just exploded yeah. in some kind of carnage, and we're like, oh, you broke you broke the drive shaft. It was something to do with one of the yokes. I don't remember his top or yeah, bottom. Yeah, like it was a good. It, it was, wasn't. He didn't hit it on a rock. It wasn't. It was a legi- legitimate, like, twist kind of break. I think the TK side bound. Yeah. And snapped off of the TK's, comes into the drive shaft. Yeah. But he went up and down the remainder of uh, Top yeah. of the World Trail. That, yeah, that was halfway up when he broke. Yeah. Still several obstacles, which we were like, that's crazy. Yeah. Front wheel drive, we were, front we digging. We were stressing out a lot of the obstacles we were going over. Yeah. With everything working. Yeah. To the extent that the TJ works. Yes. But he was doing front digs on a slick rock with Dana 44 and 40s. Never pulled cable. No, never had a pull cable. Made it. Never blew up. A, I was for sure he was going to shatter a drive shaft. Or a, you know, Something. Shaft. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now all the weight of the vehicle is being driven forward on... Drug claw. 40-inch tires, Dana 44s, the U-joints. I mean, mm-hmm. basically a factory-ish Rubicon front axle, I would say. Yep. I don't think it was upgraded. I no, could be wrong. Isn't. Maybe it was. But even then, according to the internet, it yeah. shouldn't happen. Right. And that was kind of one of the things that for me, I'm like, well, I feel better about the one that's my JK. Yeah. You know, it's, and so I started thinking about building, every time I look around, I mean, you send me a Craigslist list once a day or <laughs> twice a day, you know, for Dana 44 for the TJ. Yeah. Because I'm thinking light I think and narrow be perfect for you. is I really ideal. Do. I think um, half ton Ford, um, older, like 78, 79, mm-hmm. nine inch rear, uh, high pinion Dana 44 front, I think would be ideal for that yeah nice and keep it narrow keep it sucked yes. get tires sucked in really well um, but still have better scrub radius so I can still turn yeah nice and sharp even though I'm wider like the axles yeah. are physically wider but if I suck it in with backspacing on the wheels yeah I'll still have good maneuverability which yeah. is I think one of the really key points of a TJ mm-hmm. after I've never wheeled such tight terrain as like the pickle in Moab right yeah and we had those guys in four-door JKs that were making having to back up and make three points. Yeah. Or well, as a Grand Cherokee guy, I've been that guy. Yeah. And and I'm it sucks just... doing the Austin Powers in a trail, you know, back and right. forth a hundred times to get your front end somewhat directed. And there was a running joke. I, every time we went to an off-road park, I was like, well, Jay's going to hit a tree. Right. Like, it's just going to happen. And my bumper shows. But then watching those guys and then the TJ, I'm able to just, you know, flick it around to all the obstacles that mm-hmm. are, aren't the fun obstacles. Like the ones that you said, having to back up and turn around. Like, I can just make the hard turn. I right. didn't want to go to a full width and lose my radiuses. Right, and it gives you well, it gives you more line option. Yeah. So you know, being that, being that short and mobile, or like the one when uh, Doctor Death Wobble crushed the rear of his uh, chief. He adjusted the rear tail light a little right. bit. 
I, I didn't even have a problem because I fit. I was nice and narrow. I w- and I was super bummed that nobody saw my expert driving skills on the same obstacle because everybody's so worried about Dr. Deathwobble's crushing quarter. It made it a horrible sound. Oh, terrible. It sounded like, uh, I would assume, like the Titanic sounded when it hit the iceberg. For sure. <laughs> for Tragedy. Me, that's where that like 64, 59 inch wheel mounting service, yeah. wheel wheel service. Well, and, and like uh, we talked about before, you know, that comes along with uh, your wheel selection too. Yep. You don't have to run big... Uh, crazy offset. Crazy offset wide, you know, wheels. You can kind of suck those in a little bit. You know, like I said, I, I, I went with the factory four wheel because it was a nice offset and it brought that wheel in for right. me. Right, and it's a clean look. Yeah, it doesn't look too out of the ordinary. Right. I mean, the people who know notice that there's several more lug nuts than there should be and lockout hubs in the front and a giant full floater hub sitting on the back, but, you know. Well, like talking to Dr. Deathwobble about that, um, there's some science and math behind good backspacing making better turning radiuses. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, that scrub radius. Yeah, scrub radius. So being able to have... A wider stance for stability when you're side hilling or off camber. Yeah, I but like still being able to and yes. you know make the quick turns because the the tires are sucked in over the top of the knuckles. Yeah, well that and that's what and that's why I've always said I think you'd be perfect with the the forty four nine combo. Mm-hmm. You, it gives you just a little bit more width, so you a little more stability, and you don't need that weight down low. Not as much, no, because I'm know, only I'm only on a four inch lift. I I I hate having the weight on my Grand Cherokee, but it, it is also the benefit that I have that weight down low because I am so lifted. I'm, I'm, I've got a higher center of gravity. So it feels better to me in that off-camber situation that I've got a significant more weight down right. low, especially it's on sprung weight. But it's, you know, it still holds you down a little bit. I, I feel a little more comfortable taking turns. and Right, for sure. And one-ton axles do come with one-ton brakes. Which is nice. Which is nice. I'm going to throw that out there right now. If you're looking at a set of one-ton axles, whether it be the Super Duty 60s or Kingpin, whatever, I'm going to throw it out there. Try to get ones that have brake calipers on them. Don't get ones that the calipers are missing. Let me tell you why. Because (laughs) when you go to the auto parts store to buy a caliper for a Super Duty 60, whether it be the 99-04, the 05-up, which... Are a little bit wider, a little bit bigger. I get it. Yes, they're they're stronger. And then there's the Super 60. Again, we're getting in bigger and badder things for sure. But those calipers, the core charge on those things will ruin you. Really? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Okay. It is ridiculous. I don't I I don't know if they're made of gold. I don't know <laughs> what they are, yes. It's some kind of plutonium or something highly valued, but that is an expense that I think uh, you don't count on. Is well, the, so all of a sudden, of all right, I got my axles, I got my gears. Whew, good thing I budgeted that five thousand dollars for gears and axles, and lockers. Oh, by the way, uh, those calipers are going to be, you know, by the time you're done, twelve hundred bucks and okay. whatever it is. I, you know, I could be wrong. Maybe your local parts supplier is better. But I, I ran into that issue. Luckily, I had the calipers. I was able to Swap the do core. the core. Right. Because if I had to ate the core charge, I would have been crying. This might be an off-topic question as well, but did you need a bigger booster, brake booster, to run the more fluid to the bigger um, calipers? It is definitely something to look into. Okay. I, I, don't, I didn't have a problem. Okay. And I've read some mixed info about the just because of the vehicle, the nice Cherokee. Whether it has a bigger booster or not, I don't know. I I don't seem to have a problem with it. On so um, much of the but problem. I've had some people mention that I've I've read some people you know like oh my god I, you know the pedal damner goes to the floor and that is something to think about because your brake you know your master cylinder is designed to push x amount of fluid and now you're talking about calipers like I said one ton axles come with one ton brakes you need to move a little bit more fluid to get that same stopping well, power. Especially looking at the Dana thirty right here on the floor on the truck in front of us the Jeep in yeah. front of us. Look how small those calipers and the uh, yeah. caliper brackets are yeah. compared to yours. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's half size. Nice. Well, you, you got to figure. My axles are designed to stop however much you know, F-350 is rated for, plus towing. Right. So, and that's a lot of volume. And, yeah, they're, I think they're dual piston. I right, so you got twice the pistons moving yeah. per. 
yeah. all kind of well, things. And, and one pissy is probably <laughs> kind of, you know, about the size of a single. Right. <laughs> you know, so so you I, got, double. Yeah. Right. Double what you have in fluid volume, plus the rear. So, you know, rear was what, factory drums on right. most Jeeps, I believe. I don't think... No, your disc started. On I don't know your, what your discs are. I had discs with 8.8, but it still wasn't, you know, we're talking Explorer. Yeah, it's, it's relative. But yeah, then the rear. And um, that's another thing. If you're going a little bit of the old, the 10.5 rear, I found that the rear calipers are notorious for sticking on the on the Ford Super Duty. It's like the Sterlings? Yeah, the Sterling rear, 10.5. Okay. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of people do that, the 14 bolt. Right. Which... Uh, I, I pondered, I thought about, but I already had the ten and a half, and I knew I wasn't going to kill it with horsepower. So I didn't, I couldn't in my mind justify going, you know, getting rid of the ten and a half that I had right. to find a fourteen bolt, which you know, arguably, arguably stronger. It's got the added pinion bearing and 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 things like that. But to just find one and then try to match up lug patterns, whether I drill out the fronts or. But then I would have had to change wheels, you know. So I mean, it just it can snowball on you. So Rapidly. again, before you make that leap, do your homework. Well, and figure out what you need to do. So much of it can snowball. So much of it, because I just got those brand new rims mm -hmm. on the JK. Mm -hmm. While I was looking at the Yukon lockouts for the JK. Yeah. Guess what? They won't work. They won't work in the new rims because you got to go to a bigger. Uh, it's a bigger bolt pattern in the front. Really? They go to like a five and a half. Yeah. I believe it's, I believe it's a five and a half front because really? you got to have enough room to clear the lockout. Right. So, so you, I mean, you're basically putting um, like a four-ish spindle, I would yeah. assume, right? Some kind of something similar to that. So I wanted to run them in the because I'm so sold on the Warrens that are in the TJ. I'm like everything four-wheel drive. Has I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you have you considered that? So I've considered. And it's it. a big leap. It's a big leap, and it's a big cost. Um, that yeah. So I was wondering. I, I guess, man, I was wondering if like you could. But yeah, I guess if it changes lug pattern, that's so. Because my initial, like my dream list that I have, you know, I have like notebook with like yeah. what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So the idea for the front was I got the Terraflex housing already, so my housing is yeah. stout. Yeah. I was gonna do five thirteens mm -hmm. from Yukon with yeah. my zip locker. Yeah. Thirty five spline RCVs. Base almost like a, a slightly stronger Rubicon factory. Right. Thirty five spline RCVs yeah. with the Warren high steer hubs or high steer knuckles. And yeah, Yukons. Uh, By the time I put all that stuff down and then wrote the numbers of mine next to it, my wallet began to run away from me. Right. Because that was just the front. It just began to laugh like, good, yeah. good luck. You, you know what try. you do for a living? Like, you, you can try. You can try. All the cards in here are going to turn to rubber. Right. Bounce right off that machine. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do the same in the rear, of course. Yeah. So I almost literally find for the front, you had to get an ARB because Yukon doesn't make 35 spline locker for the front. Yeah, well, that's because you went. Wait, you wanted the thirty-five splint right. RCV. Because right? I'm going. I'm. I was going right. Yeah, I so want for it the all. Rear, I think I had to do like Mosier shafts. Okay. Because they had thirty-five spline. But yeah. And I think I had to go to do a Detroit. Right. Those are all quality components. Absolutely. But it just changed out my dealer who I had to get stuff through. I had to find it from you know with different people. Then yeah. I also just almost doubled my cost. Mm -hmm. So I'd have been somewhere neighbor to eight thousand. <laughs> but that have been both axles, which a lot of guys have into a single Dana 60. Yeah. When you think about it. Um, I would have had two pretty bulletproof 44s. Right. Um, but then there's a whole other topic about RCVs. Where do they do they move the problem inboard or outboard? Or, yeah. You know, I don't. I haven't researched yeah, a lot. Yeah, do you put the, the break point is now the ring and pinion of the 44? Instead of the fuse or the U-joint. Yeah. Um, and I have no knowledge. I don't want to talk bad about RCV because they seem to be like industry standard. They seem to be good, and they make, they make sense to me, you know, the, the design of them. Yeah, especially not being able to bind them up to snap yeah, the, the absolutely. joint. Yeah, But I don't... Well, I mean, that's kind of similar to what the Toyota guys use, right? It's that... Briarfields? Like, yeah, the, whatever you want to call them. I'm not 100% certain, but yeah, it's... Samurais were the same, so I know about them, but... So I think the idea is sound. well, yeah. But it's not something I haven't... You know, I came from... I've been wheeling since 99, 98, so I've come from the whole, like, gotta have a U-joint, gotta have right. a fuse. yeah. You know, so I don't understand. Well, you them. want to move, you know, you want it somewhat, but even that never made sense to me because sometimes you blow up that U joint, it grenades the the shaft itself. Right. You know, the ears they get all destroyed. So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that didn't really make sense. Right. 
You know, and to me, I didn't pop a U joint. You know, I blew the ring and pinion out of right. it. Right. So that didn't help. So your fuse wasn't your fuse. Yes. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, well, I mean, I guess I didn't put cheap U joints in it either. You know, right. I got the Dana Spicer U joints. You know, or so I've ever run in mine. Yeah, I. You try to buy quality. Maybe I should. I don't, maybe I should buy the cheapest ones. You know, how hollowed out can I get? Maybe, but then again, like I said, you destroy the ear or the, you know, the. Which is like watching the uh, like Ox Company, Ox Locker Company. Yeah. And CTM makes mm-hmm. like some bulletproof U joints. Yeah. But I never, and I mean, like well, I said, UConn makes some. Yeah. The hardcore. Talking out of turn, right? talking out of school, I guess, not doing research. Yeah. It always was confusing to me because I thought that's what was supposed to break. So yeah. I can fix it. You know, I right. usually carry a set of axle shafts. Yeah. So I can fix that on the trail. I can't fix a ring and pinion in the middle of the trail. No. Believe me, that does not happen. So that's where I was kind of, I've always been super confused. I'd like to learn more. I mean, my buddy Sean, I wheel with him a lot, runs RCVs in his mm-hmm. 44 And they take a punishment. They take abuse. Yeah, and that that's usually, I guess, that's probably your best sales pitch. If you're not really sure, you, you know, go out wheeling and just try to take a look at, everyone will talk. If you start asking them about their stuff, they're generally nine times out. They'll you have diarrhea of the mouth about all the things they've done and uh, and the Which, way they've learned. And, and if they're wheeling the same kind of environment, though, you know, you should have a good, like, scale to judge from of what what maybe direction you need. But you've, yes, got, to no? check, you've got to check your source. Well, true. Because there's guys I know that'll put a toothpick in there and be like, it's the best thing in the world. Well, that's true. Because they gotta, spent their you, money on you it. Gotta do, like, so you got to do, like, you still got to do your little bit of your home. Mm-hmm. But if you look and the guy you you know you're trying to run with is on sixties with RCVs and all sorts of craziness, then right. that's the guy you want to run with, I guess. That's you well, you've got like you said though, you've got to know because we ran with some of those guys in Moab that were sixty in RCV, and my thirties survived just fine in the same trails. No, that's true. It was selection. It was you know when I was when I'm yeah, check that for, license plate. <laughs> that wasn't where he normally ran. Yeah, what I'm looking for is like, so we almost shine. You yeah. know, I keep going back to him. He's a similar build to me. Dana 44 front and rear, ARBs. He's yeah. uh, factory Rubicon, right? I or don't he? believe he, no, he's got a Terraflex front housing too. Does he? Okay. Terraflex front housing, RCVs, and ARB in it. Okay. Um, but we wheel the same terrain. Okay. So I'll watch him attack an obstacle. Or yeah, guess that's what I was going with. You know, yeah, you got and, someone, you, I guess you can. And I, I watch him like, okay, so if I were to do that at the same speed, velocity, line, you know, angle of approach, would I think that my truck would grenade? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, I want to know what he's doing. Right. Well, I know what he's running. You know, and he runs at 44 and it's survived 37s on a turbocharged, I think it's turbocharged, rip maybe, or I think it's got a rip in it. So supercharger. Okay. Um, it survives. I mean, it holds up yeah. well. And it's not like... It's not like he's the guy that survives and he limps at home and says, oh, yeah, it's broken. I'm not telling nobody. He would tell me it's broke. Right. Um, we've had to talk about 60s or not a couple times, you and I, and right. he seems pretty happy where he's at. Yeah. Well, he's definitely done his homework yeah. and made the right selections. Yeah. And it's a smart it's build. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, read some articles, read some four-wheeler, read some, you know, whatever, and, and it, talk you know, to other people. How many people have a search engine in their pocket now? Right, and you Google it any minute. You know, I've been sitting like the Secretary of State waiting to go get my I, license I guess, plates, and I Google stuff right there, you know, like I'm Googling. But to me, there's a difference between like actually searching the information and just asking. Like to right. me, don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't recommend just asking, whether it be your group or a forum or something, because mm-hmm. you're just going to get everybody's opinion, and it's overwhelming. And what those, I've done in the past is that, you know, you search it out. And then dive a little deeper and find actual articles written by some, I would say, credible authors, right? Sure. Whether it be a, a publicized magazine, you know, those guys, I, I would love to believe they know what they're talking about. I would give a little bit more faith into them than just the guy who says, "Oh no, it, grenade! You'll you'll break you'll break every time you go out." Well, and the same thing for that is like do your homework. So like if I'm asking on Facebook, uh, one of the Jeep forums on Facebook, mm-hmm. hey, what do you think about X? And Joe Smith comes on and says, X is terrible. I'm going to Joe Smith's profile. Yeah. Joe Smith works for X's competitor. Or <laughs> right. Or could be. Joe Smith drives could a Subaru be. and doesn't know about what we're talking about. Right. You know? So do your homework all the way around the whole situation. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's a right answer. No. I don't. I think it's all individual. individual. I mean, if I you, think... like you said, if you told me, hey, Jim, 
we're building a rock bouncer. We're going to go to some crazy thing in Tennessee. Yeah. I'm going to hold it to the floor until the motor blows up. Great. Okay, at that point, I'm thinking 14 bolts all around, everything <laughs> bulletproof. 14 bolt front, yeah. because why not? I want like two inch diameter axle shafts going into it. I want like 70 spline. Like, I, mean, yes. I want something I want crazy. Something amazing. Right. But when you're telling me, hey, dude, we're going to go two track northern Michigan, you got to drive it up there. It's two yeah. hours to get there. I'm thinking the factory 30 yeah. and 31 inch tires will be fine. It'll be fine. But the same <laughs> token is, how do I drive it? Yeah. Because if I see the first hill you point me at and I pull it to the floor and jump it, it doesn't matter if you're on 31s or 40s. It's front axle is going to let go. It could. Once it shock loads, it could. Or it might not. But I'd rather no. be safe at that point. If yeah. I know I'm a heavy-footed driver, yeah. you need to build accordingly. Yeah. Like, I'm not personally, I'm hard on equipment. I'm hard on stuff. I try not to jump anything. I try not to keep rev limiters. <laughs> you know, so you got to know what you're doing. Uh, so for me, I think at least for my current builds, yeah, Dana 44s or a 4.9-inch are a great choice. I think it'd be perfect for your TJ. And even my it's JK. It's light enough. Even the JK. I'm on a 44 is the JK. JK's, yeah. Well, you're not killing it with horsepower either. No. That's something to consider, too. Yeah. The 530 is what, is what power you're sending downrange. Yep. Yeah. Because a perfect example is my dad's poor C10 out there that's two wheel drive. And uh, we stuffed a 502 crate motor and promptly put a several extra neutrals into that transmission. Right. So now we're looking at upgrading that. So yeah, it's a very similar problem. You'll send, you know, if you're going to put a six liter in your TJ, you're going to start sending those problems down down line. Yeah, it's going to find the next weak link, which might yeah. be my transmission, then my T-case, then my drive shaft, then my right. axles. Yeah. It's going to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, which for me, like, yeah, I'd love to be on 42s, 60s, Absolutely. six liter. Right. I haven't needed it. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the monetary equivalent of, I mean, being an adult, I guess, is stupid. And uh, someone told me that before. It's like, you know, there's a reason why, uh, you know, big companies like Jeep spend a lot of money to pay these guys called engineers to make things exact. You know what I mean? The engine matches the trans, matches the transfer case, matches the drive shaft, axles, yep. and tires. You start changing those parameters and you're gonna start running into problems. Even though the new Jeep death wobbles out of the factory, but it's a whole different That's topic. a that's a different story. A whole different topic. That's right? a whole different topic and we'll have to get the doctor on to figure out that one. Yeah for sure. So but I mean realistically, I mean I, I don't think that this question is ever going to have an answer. No. I think it's never ending. It's all up to you and what you want to do. Well, it's up to you and it's up to your... So, this TJ I'm looking at on the hoist here, it's been here forever. Sadly. Uh, it's not mine for once. Not mine either. Uh, so, it's a friend's TJ, but I'm looking at it. Like, if you said, hey, we're taking this thing to Belize and we're going to drive Ooh. across Belize. Okay. You know, then you guys start thinking about, okay, I need to find something that's that's available. Like, i got to have a Dana 44 so yeah. I can have available parts. You know, I don't want spider tracks. With police, it's it's raining know. outside. It's cold here now. Like I'm thinking, like, you're thinking a little more. Yeah, not raining and cold. Okay. And that's so that's something to consider. So I mean, you don't want spider tracks nine to custom U joints if you're going to be someplace you can't get parts. Right, I you agree. Know? So there's always that thing to consider. Of like, even for me, like if I had a truck at my cabin up in Real yeah. City that I left there. Yeah, I'd want it as simple as possible so I can run into town in the small town of Real yeah. City and get what I need. Well, I think that's something, you know, it's again, it's something to consider. Are you daily driving it? Mm -hmm. Again, well, we go to the same basic TJ on the lift. All right, are we, are we going to drive this across country and, you know, hit every place we can? All right, mm -hmm. well, we got to consider the extra weight right. of bigger axles mm -hmm. and things like that. Do we really, you know... Do we need the bigger axles, or we could go a little, little less and be a little more cautious in the rougher terrain? Well, like doesn't Gene, our buddy Gene from Lansing Jeeps, doesn't he run a Dana Forty Four and Forties? So. And he has I, like sixty or wrong. forty of those Jeep Trail badge dealies. Yeah, his whole fender has got the badge of honor Which, all the way up and down it. He doesn't own a truck and trailer, so he'll drive it from here to Arizona no. to hit a badge of honor. Right. So he's on, been all across the country on Dana Forty Fours, yeah. So you know, so I don't think there's ever. It's like Ford, Chevy, you know, Pepsi, never, Coke. It's never gonna be over. You know, if I show up and I break my Dana Thirty tomorrow, you'd be like, "Told yeah. you, you should have had tons." So really, what you need to do is 
find Unimog. <laughs> Unimog portals. Unimog portals and be done. So I think that's a whole nother game. That's next level stuff. So much of it, I think, realistically, especially. Well, maybe I can talk out of school because I've been wheeling so long. Yeah. Like every truck I buy, I have an idea where I want it to go. Right. So if I was going to build a truck, knowing it was going to be my insane rock crawler, right? It's going tons immediately just for yeah. reliability. But if yeah. you're if but you're a you seventeen year old kid listening to this podcast. And you go out and buy a used XJ, just because Professor runs tons and his ZJ doesn't mean yeah, you got to have tons. And in best size, if you buy an XJ, I think it's just <laughs> put thirty-three inch Thornbirds on it, you'll be fine. Run it, <laughs> you know. But so <laughs> so much of it is having to know what your plan's going to be for the vehicle, right. for the terrain, for the for the build. I mean, forty-four inch boggers on a truck right. that you're going to rock crawl with put a lot of tension on a lot of strain on stuff versus 37 inch all terrains it's it's so much depend there's no right answer i don't know you don't yeah if you're gonna just if your plan is uh overlanding you know maybe you don't maybe you don't need tons maybe you do maybe you're loading that thing down and you want the added security of it that's up to you and your budget and but you don't see many overlanders that are of the traditional sense on much bigger than a 35 inch tire anyway no, because you don't need it. All right. No. Not if you're going to be over crawling or crawl landing. And you know whatever. what? That, to go back to it, though, that kind of goes into your decision making. How big of a tire, one, are you wanting to run, and two, can you afford? For sure. I mean, and if you're dead set on 40s because you got to have 40s, maybe, maybe you should consider one tons because now you're within that realm of you know the, the strength parameters right that a 40 fits right you're in that working area versus being at the upper echelon of right it. yeah you, know, you, you could push the limits on the 44 yeah. and it maybe you know you're just kind of going to sand dunes or do some two track and hit the jeep the jeep night mm-hmm. you'll probably be fine you might never have a problem or i mean a guy like myself i might be able to run 40s on my 44 for the rest of my life you could because of how i wheel yeah, where somebody and maybe more. you're completely fine with. Oh, uh, you know what? I freaking blew a U joint. Good yep. thing I carry an extra shaft. Yeah, and you're where you some got guys, the tools, you got the necessity, you know, everything needed to swap that shaft out, and it's not that big a deal. Where some guys grenade sixties every weekend. Some guys do. So there's no right. Like I said, there's no right answer. It's all about research. I mean, we could have just priced had a two minute conversation with this whole thing and said, yes. do research, do your research, and click. <laughs> Thanks and for listening. Done. Um, but I think. Do your research. Think about what the whole over plan is. Try to find somebody who knows more than you do about the topic. And, yeah. you know, don't just listen to the internet. But I, you know what? I wouldn't just go with one person. I'd spread it out. I'd talk sure. to a few people and get overall consensus and weigh it all down. And, yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, that uh, I think one of our longest. It's just, definitely our longest. Yeah. Axle Tech took up a, took up a lot, but all tech, no answers. So sorry about that. Right. If you made yeah. it this far, we're you sorry. made it this far, and you've gotten nowhere. And it comes down to do your research, do what works best for you, plan it out, plan ahead. I recommend that highly because it, it sucks when you get somewhere and you're like, dang, I wish I would have just wish done. I, right I wish I'd have put the money here instead of there, and so. Oh, I, I think we should wrap it at this point. I mean, if they made it this far, if you have you managed to listen to this far, uh, shoot us a message. Maybe yeah. win something. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. All for right. As guys. always, uh, if you could, it'd be great. If you made it this far and you would like to subscribe or hit that five star, leave a comment. Let us know that you made it this far. That'd be great. Thanks. Follow Appreciate us on it. Yep. Have a good one.